everybody, and welcome back to Let's Unpack That, your bi-weekly podcast where this queer, questionable, and questioning quintuplet unpacks topics at the top of our minds through the lens of anxiety, depression, and everything in between. This is the Pack It Up episode, our final episode of the week where we tell a politician, business, or organization to exit stage left immediately and do not collect their belongings. So um, I have a pack it up this week and it's 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 something um i am so frustrated because i feel like i didn't realize that any of this was happening um but bill maher is my pack it up this week and the reason that bill maher is my pack it up is because his show, I think it's called Real Talk or something like that, Real Talk with Bill Maher, is essentially trying to be this sort of like bridge between progressives and conservatives, like kind of comedic, but I don't find it particularly funny, kind of like self-referential, but I don't get the references. Um, but he also has this tendency to bring on white women who have been accused of racism to his platform. So my pack it up is to Bill Maher because over the last couple of weeks, he's not only had on Megyn Kelly to talk about black people feeling like victims, he also had on Sharon Osbourne. And if you're not familiar with the talk, um, uh, Sharon Osbourne was recently fired for some comments she made defending Pierce Morgan, uh, pretty much at this point, openly racist human being um and specifically his most recent you know um dance with racism was about Meghan Markle so when the Meghan Markle controversy was happening after she did the Oprah interview and she was talking about her experience Pierce Morgan inserted himself into this conversation with which made Sharon Osbourne in, insert herself into this you know conversation which then allowed Bill Maher to essentially give this woman a platform to talk about the fact that she was fired for being racist. And she immediately said, you know, the reason I'm here is because I have been called a lot of things. I can take criticism, but racism is not something that I can tolerate. Being called a racist is not something that I can stand for. And of course, you know, a person who's who's not racist should should not be called a racist. But, you know, over the years, we've been able to gather a lot of intelligence about Sharon Osbourne and a lot of the things that she has said. So um, let me go down a list of things she is accused of saying that her castmates, some have validated, some have not been validated, um, just to kind of paint the picture. Um, she called Julie Chen, who is an Asian American woman, wonton slanty eyes. She called Sarah Gilbert a pussy licker and fish eater. She called Robinson Pete a black woman, ghetto, and she called um, another woman Persian carpet cunt, and that person was of Middle Eastern descent. So all of these allegations have been made by staffers or made by the guests themselves, and a lot of people who have existed in Sharon Osbourne's space have validated that she's said some pretty inappropriate things. So my packet up is to Bill Maher for bringing this person on his show to explain herself, because during the segment where she was defending Pierce Morgan on the talk, she said, you know... I don't want to be seen as racist while I'm saying this, but well, 
okay, like, like you jumped right into that one. Nobody needed you to defend Pierce Morgan. You know, I understood if he's a friend of yours, but you can still call out your friends for being racist, Sharon. And so I think my issue with Bill Maher is that his idea is to sort of be this like contrarian comedian and it's incredibly frustrating to watch. You know, he recently just perpetuated the rumor that vitamin D cures COVID and, you know, we need to address the problem of obesity. Nobody's saying, you know, that like there's not a correlation between obesity and COVID-19. But right now, during the middle of a pandemic, we're kind of focused on the thing that's actively killing people rather than the issue that is sort of like long-term killing people. And so, I find this sort of like intersection of, I guess, conservative media and maybe more liberal media of his sort of like, look, I'm sort of independent and I'm an old guy now. I can say whatever I want. I find that incredibly frustrating. Sharon Osbourne does not need an opportunity to explain herself. All she has to do is put out a statement online. She doesn't need a sit down interview. When will anybody start interviewing the victims of racism rather than the racists. And I know that that plays into Kirk's packet up this week. So I'm going to rest mine and I'm going to go directly to Kirk's. And then we can talk about both of them. <laughs> yeah. So my pack it up, I think is one that the internet has told to pack it up. And listen, I don't mean to dabble into cancel culture. I'm not saying we should cancel anybody or not cancel anybody, but the segment's called pack it up. Pack it up, yeah. But we're canceling people. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not canceling people. We're telling them to pack it up. Yeah, we're telling them to pack it up. Totally different thing. Different. <laughs> A little different. Um, we need Colton Underwood to pack it the fuck up. And anyone who doesn't know who that is, I'm sure this week, if you were listening to this, you probably know who it is. But um, prior to this week, you might not, ha- not have known. I only knew of him because before we get into what happened this week, this man was on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, one or the other or both, Um which obviously the purpose of that show is to find love. Um, in heterosexual relationships. Yeah. In a heterosexual relationship. Um, and in the past, he then, and I'm sure someone else can explain this better than I can, but I'm going to give my good take on it because I'm not a Bachelor fan. But he basically stalked and harassed one of the women from the show um, to a point where I, there, it got pretty intense and he was harassing her family members, her friends, herself, multiple women. Um, and it was this whole horrible thing. And I think her name was Cassie. Um, but he basically came out this week as gay, which is great. Good for him. Congratulations. Like, that's really great. He's, you know, in his his late twenties, he's coming out. That's a great thing. No one's knocking that for him. However, him coming out has now turned into him getting a Netflix show about his journey. It's, um, the media praising him. Every gay media outlet to mainstream media outlet is praising him. He came out on Good Morning America to Robin Roberts. It was a whole special, um, or the Today Show, whatever whatever she's on, one or the other. But um, anyway, it's just a whole circus, media circus around this man coming out, um, which is great to get more visibility on the LGBTQ community and people's coming out stories and understanding he came from a background of Christian faith and obviously it's a huge issue. However, at the same time, we have a rapper who is Black, who is creating pop music for or very outspokenly gay and he's getting completely and utterly knocked and thrown to the trenches for doing so. And he's paving a way for himself, but he continues to obviously speaking about little little Nas getting thrown and being, being shit on for doing so. But then this guy is palatable and he's a white gay man. And honestly, I'm going to say he's a white straight gay man. And what I mean by that is like, is 
I'll probably get yelled at for that, but is that like, I can, I mean, I'm gay obviously, but like, I could be a white, I, I could be a white straight man if I really needed to be like, I'm not pass. like out you here. You can pass. Yeah. yeah I can pa- and so he can beyond pass. He was a football player, all these very stereotypical masculine things, um, which society deems is okay still it, when you're gay. However, if he was out here flamboyant and doing all of what people think gay people do, that would be not okay. So he's again, palatable and he's reaping the benefits of basically that getting a Netflix show. And the main issue is not that he shouldn't get a Netflix show because he's gay. The issue is he shouldn't get a Netflix show and all this press because he literally harassed and um, stalked a woman and her family to an, to a, a very large extent. So people th- that's, I think there are people who are fans of the show who I think are more aware of that and are, are kind of giving him shit for it. But overall the media is just like, Oh, let's celebrate this man. That shouldn't be celebrated. It should have been okay. That's great that he came out. Bye. Now it's a week later and it's still something that's being talked about. He's going to get a TV show. It's, it's, it's probably getting a book deal, all this stuff. So I just think that is, we should not be rewarding people just who, who don't deserve it, essentially. No. And I'm sorry, but, you know, Gus Kenworthy seems like an incredibly nice human being. Yeah. Who is he, though, to serve as your sort of gay guide? You know, I hope that this documentary is not produced yet because... I hope that they are able to find ways to center people other than themselves on their coming out experience because too many times have we seen the story of the struggling, beautiful, popular white man coming out of the closet and getting praised for it. That's not the story that we need anymore. That's not the story that we need to perpetuate anymore. And I find it completely exhausting. And the other thing on this issue is that I have talked to a lot of straight women specifically, but women in general, um, who have said that they don't feel comfortable speaking up about this, that they feel like I can't say anything negative about him because he's being praised for being gay. And I want to say to women that just because well, all women, you know, me, me just speaking to all women now, um, I want to say to the women who feel that way that I think that you should be able to say whatever you want and you should be able to critique our community just like we critique yours. Like, I don't think that being gay makes you immune from criticism, especially if you are somebody who was on such a publicly straight platform and then had such a publicly toxic breakup and then was so publicly violent during that breakup. I don't think that that is acceptable. And I think that women should feel empowered to speak out um, because it's just just another example of a man, gay or not, you know, telling another woman to be silent and then the men making money off of it. I find it so frustrating. I don't I don't give a fuck about this man. I am so frustrated by the media for covering it and the fact that women felt silenced on this issue um, because they should not have been because, you know, again, may, and maybe they needed the sort of like, OK, from some gays in their life to say that. Like, but I just want you to know, like, you could say that you could say shitty things about him without me saying it, too. You know, I. I trust, if you trust me to call out people in your community, I trust you to call out people in mine. And we need to have that conversation more seriously. As Oprah said, who was having that conversation? <laughs> that was... <laughs> I, and then you're going to quote the Kamala Harris one. Let's, let's, let's have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's another one of my faves. But I know I think that's true. And I think that it reminds me of, um, we see this time and time again, um, and like 10 years ago or today, like I remember it was, the Ellen show did, who, by the way, a whole toxic issue on her own, but she should pack the fuck up. 
But um, Ellen ha- had these like two white gay palatable men on for getting proposed to in Home Depot. And it was just like that constant. That's what we see all the time. It's a celebrate. And it's not that we shouldn't celebrate. Like, I want to be celebrated as a white gay man. I guess I'm not saying like, let's not care about all of us. But no. it's just that's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only thing that's seen. Only thing that then that therefore that's the only thing people who are closed minded are going like, oh, I can accept that. But I can't accept Lil Nas or I can't accept um like a flamboyant like Elton John or someone that you know what I mean? like something that is a little bit more not just cookie cutter unseasoned white meat. We <laughs> y'all we 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 had Love Simon, we had Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. We have every goddamn coming out movie that possibly exists. It's time for other stories. And to your first point, Kirk, it's time for Lil Nas X to stop being attacked for his being gay versus Colton Underwood, who is I mean, he's toxic his, and problematic being celebrated for being gay. <laughs> yeah. And his, like, Call Me By Your Name, the song, his song, right, yeah, well, not yeah. his song, um, is, was like being taken off of streaming sites. And I'm trying, and like, so there is, because of the association to the video and the, all that stuff with, um, you know, with, with being gay and, and then the devil and all that, but that has to do with, but I just think it's funny because it's, it's, I've seen at least someone on social media, like these people, who are bachelor fans who happen to, I think for the most part, fall under like middle America ish. And I think that's who watch those kinds of shows. I know like a lot of young women that I'm friends with do as well, but I feel like they can accept him. It's, at first I was like, Oh, this is great. Like it's going to be an audience like that to accept a gay person because they're seeing it, you know, but then I'm like, wait a minute. Like, no, that's not that, that that's there's, these are some people that probably will still bitch and tweet about Lil Nas's video, but then be like, I love Colton Underwood. So I support gays. Yeah. Agree. There's a lot of circles in this Venn diagram, and depending on where you fall at the intersections, you get treated differently. And being a good-looking, kind of traditionally masculine, gay white man is the acceptable amount of diversity in this country. Um, you know, we're we're largely okay with that. Um, we still don't see a lot of lesbian relationships in mainstream box office movies you see it in more of like the art house movies and stuff but you're not really seeing it in you know the big movies uh, i'm thinking of another um recent big news coming out story um is elliot page elliot page didn't get a netflix show yeah. uh, you know there there was a lot of it was barely talked about yeah. i mean i think i only saw it so much because of the accounts and the people that, in the world that i'm in I don't think my parents know about that. Yeah, I don't think my no. like some of my friends might know about that. And like she's I think infin- definitely know about infinitely this. more famous and talented than Colton. Yeah, and they know who yeah. they knew and they know not who. problematic. Yeah. And and the a lot of the coverage I saw was was you know negative coverage on the right wing side where it's like this is a degradation of culture, all because yeah. he's trans. That's not the acceptable form of diversity that we're allowed. Um, you know, we can all be comfortable with somebody like Colton, but we're not comfortable with somebody like Lil Nas X who's maybe more in your face and also black. Um, you know, that was this, there's kind of like a meltdown when he came out and, you know, there's somebody who felt like he could not come out for a very, very long time and also denied it um, for legitimate reasons. I mean, you can totally understand why he, he did that. Um, but uh, another thing I think happens, this also reminds me of Kevin Spacey who used his coming out as sort of a defense and also kind of a weapon to get yeah. out of his very horrible behavior. And this is, I think a problem on the left and, and with people who are progressive in general, 
um, people who are more socially aware is there isn't nuance to these conversations. And this is a legitimate criticism of our side of the political spectrum. Um, I feel that people on the right are making a legitimate criticism, but doing it in bad faith um, with cancel culture and everything like that. There's no nuance. You know, you can criticize Colton Underwood or Kevin Spacey, the person for their horrible behavior or, you know, Colton Underwood, like, you know, I mean, it's bad. It's very bad. It's not Kevin Spacey level. Kevin Spacey is a total piece of shit. And we can criticize that, but still not criticize being gay or coming out. You know, there's no problem with Kevin Spacey finally saying, yes, I am a gay man. It's the way he did it and the reasons he did it. Um, He already was very famous, very powerful in Hollywood. He was one of my favorite actors. He's Mm -hmm. a phenomenal actor. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had the platform, the ability to come out a long, long time ago and chose not to, which is almost, I'm a straight man. I can't really criticize this because I don't really understand it. But to me, that seems like a disservice to a community that he belongs to, to be somebody in his position and not come out. And of course, we know why um, he's just a total piece of shit human being. I love how this has turned into pack every white gay man up. (laughs) I will be leaving the podcast. It's getting dangerous because I feel like we're going to end up on me. So we got to keep going. I also want to call myself out there for a second um, because I misgendered Elliot Page. So I just also want to say pack it up to me. But also, you know, I I think it's okay that if we, um, you know, misgender, we need to make sure that we call out if we use wrong pronouns. I think we make sure that we do that. So I just want to say that too. I do think you, it still was wrong, but I do think you said it, and I think I did too, in relation to when he was um, Ellen. Okay. Ellen? Yes, Ellen. Ellen, yeah. Ellen Page, yeah. I think that was a sufficient rant. Erica, do you have anything to add around the conversation of problematic white gays? <laughs> oh, if not, oh no. if not, what are you packing Our, up this week? I don't think we have another three hours. <laughs> I know. Just stop doing, just stop the things that you do that are bad. <laughs> you're looking at me just I'm looking at the screen <laughs> but do you know what one thing i want to add is that andrew said it about him, um what he looks like how he's so masculine how he's easy he's just like what even, even just talking about like a man in general is like what colton underwood like that's what society thinks a man should be and look like um in our society at least and i think it's the, the problem not only is outsiders of the community accepting that type of gay man but also like inside the community that's like what every gay wants to be whether you're white or not like it's this idea of i have to be hyper masculine i have to be white essentially i have to be this like ideal gay man and that's what it always is so i think there's issues within the community that, and i find myself doing that a lot as well where you have to kind of check yourself it's on instagram all day long you see these people and it's kind of the ultimate goal that every that every gay man is trying to be so it's there's issues within the community with that as well i think agreed yeah we didn't even get to rants about Bill Maher. No. I was going to say, sorry, we don't, we don't really need to other than I, I think we, I think he will pop up again. He's so. he's going to, because he's, he's one of those people that's ostensibly on the left. He's a liberal, you know, he's not a leftist. He's not, I mean, he, he seems to be moving farther, right. 
Every, oh, yeah. every single time he pops back up into the news cycle, it's for something like this. He's sort of the left's equivalent of Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan really isn't on the right so much, but he he's sort of this libertarian kind of like in-between space um, where he has some very socially progressive ideas, but he also has some very conservative ideas and stuff. And he has these people on, these extremely problematic people on, um, and he gives them that platform and he doesn't push back on them. And I see that from Bill Maher too, more and more and more. I used to watch Bill Maher's show more often and I stopped because he just does not push back on these people. And then you sort of start realizing there's a little bit of a winking that's going on. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he's sort of allowing them to talk and he, and he's, he's a kind of agreeing with them. We're not really agreeing, but kind of like that's sort of like, hey, I'm just asking the question type of thing. Hey, you know, there's some sense to what you're saying. And right. Especially right. with somebody like Joe Rogan, un, you know, I'm sure nobody's surprised that I used to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast no. all the time. His interviews where he's talking to somebody who climbed up Mount Everest are very interesting. But then he has somebody like Alex Jones on or you know, any, any number of other people, like, you know, take your pick of the horrible problematic people that he's had on. You can talk about those ideas. Like we do on this podcast, you can engage with those ideas without having to have the person on, you know, we don't have to have Marjorie Taylor green on this podcast to call out her QAnon bullshit. We don't need to be giving these people more platform because it legitimizes them. And that's the problem with Bill Maher is he's sort Mm -hmm. of a vector for these ideas to come into more left leaning Mm -hmm. spaces without having to push back. He does have other guests on that sometimes push back where he does not, but he will stop those guests from pushing back on the person who's talking. And he gives more airtime and more space for these people to tell their side. And they do it, of course, disingenuously. And it's just not, it's not what we should be doing. Completely. Fuck Bill Maher. I completely agree. Um, Erica, what are you packing up this week? My pack it up is for anyone who has ever in their natural born life uttered the words blue lives matter and like meant it because quite frankly, fuck you. (laughs) It is unnecessary. Um, You are co-opting a movement because you recognize that the movement, the ideas that you support directly violate this black lives matter movement. And you've, essentially just said, hey, fuck you. We don't care about what you believe in. We don't care about your concerns for your family and your loved ones because our family and loved ones who are killing you are more important to us than the concept of a Black life. And I would like to point out that when, and not that it's stopped, but it's kind of exited the news cycle as the news cycle goes, when Asian folks were being persecuted and still are. Um, the tagline was stop Asian hate. And that is because the AAPI community looked and they said, it is not our role to co-opt another group's movement. We understand what it is like to be persecuted. We understand the role that our ancestors, our family have played with 
attacking the Black community and that trouble between both communities. It's on either side. And so they said, this is going to be what we say. We're not going to say Asian lives matter because that takes away from another movement. Um, We are going to be one with our own movement while supporting another. Blue Lives Matter is a cult. I don't care what anyone says. The fact that that precinct in Brooklyn Center decided to fly their Blue Lives Matter flag underneath the American flag as a man was shot in the pre in the district. It, it it feels like they're trying to divide themselves from the part of America that is brown or indigenous or just doesn't anything darker than a paper bag. Um, and it, it's just, they just make me angry because it doesn't have to be what it is. It could very much be, and it, it has been, and I think some smaller forms, um, and that's more of the community and the um, officials within the police force coming together. And again, that's not everywhere, but it, it could be this thing of, let's get this done together. We understand where you are. We understand what is happening. And we understand where we are responsible because it's not that hard. Every person in this chat or in this group has held some responsibility to a greater issue. And we have said, we have perpetuated this. This is how we're going to do better. Blue Lives Matter completely throws that away. They say, it's not our fault. It's their fault. They're the criminals. They're the ones who are doing bad things. They will always find a way to excuse a person of color being shot or held into a chokehold, murdered, whatever. The end is the end. And it's, again, because they see themselves as not a part of what is America, which is colorful and diverse and beautiful. They see themselves as this militant peacekeeping force that has to keep all the Blackies and all the Asians and all the Hispanics in line. And I think when people go around saying Blue Lives Matter, they set us all back. They further that divide and they say, we will never find a middle ground because no middle ground is meant to exist because they can't get off their high fucking horse. And I just, I can't keep watching the news. I can't keep seeing headlines where people of color are being murdered by cops and then go on Facebook and see people who I've went to, I went to college with, I've worked on group projects with, I've been coworkers with, at some point I've been friends with, and even a mentor to saying, but blue lives matter because to them, a job means more than an entire race. And I'm sick of it. And they can take all their bullshit, all their repressed anger, all their not repressed enough anger and all their bigotry, and they could put it in their 
tiny little held together by fucking duct tape ass bag and pack it the fuck up and get the fuck out of this country because they are the problem and we are the solution. I agree so hard. And I want to be able to say you said it perfectly. So I want to move on, you know, but I also want to add more because I feel that as a white voice in this conversation, if we don't denounce it, it becomes just black people denouncing it. And I don't want to do that because I think to your point, this is not blue lives matter is not a movement. Blue lives matter does not have an agenda. Blue lives matter does not want to accomplish anything. Blue lives matter wants to hold back accountability for shitty officers that kill people. Like it is a reaction. Period. It is not a movement. It is not any type of policy that we can pass in Washington. It's not inspiring anyone to take action other than additional violence against black people. And when I see that flag and when I hear you say it, what that means to me is that you have not even done an ounce of work to understand any level of fear, any level of anxiety, any level of of trauma that people have when interacting with the police. Because if you listened for even 10 seconds, if you listened for even 10 seconds, you would realize that even if you don't understand people who shout Black Lives Matter, you would understand more that it's a cry for justice, that it's a cry for help, and it's a cry to stop killing people. You yelling Blue Lives Matter is you saying the police can do nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. People don't need to be held accountable. And it is totally fine for more officers to do what Officer Potter did. And that's unacceptable. And that's point black period, right? Yep. I don't know what else. I don't know where you go, right? Like, I don't know. There's no, there's just no defending death, completely preventable death, but it looked like Andrew was going to say something. So (laughs) I, I just fully agree with what Erica says. I, she nailed it and also brought up two very important points. I believe there is a point to it. And the point is to, shut down Black Lives Matter. I mean, back to blue and all that, like blue uniform, it might be a coincidence that they have the same acronym, but it certainly works in their favor that it's the same acronym as Black Lives Matter. I think it serves to shut down that conversation as well as to continue to separate the police from the rest of American citizens. They see themselves as separate. We see them as separate. We are always treating the police as like this special, different entity. It is just a job, as Erica said. It is a very hard job. It is a job that has its dangers. But we have a lot of those jobs in this country and in this world. It is dangerous to be a coal miner. It is dangerous to be a pizza delivery man. 
or woman. Be a fucking essential worker during a pandemic. Being <laughs> an essential, it is, it is brutal to work in an Amazon warehouse. Why are we yeah. separating out this one particular vocation? And this is also a vocation, a job that requires you to have a much much, much higher level of accountability, a much higher level of training, a much higher level of responsibility. You literally hold other people's lives in your hands as a police officer. You can, you have the capacity to do a lot of good, to stop bad things from happening, to help people that are in very bad situations. We recognize that, but that is not what is happening with our police force and our police force was started as a means to protect the rich people's property and to round up escaped slaves. That's what police forces originally started as. The, The foundations and the beginnings of the police force are racist. They are classist and it continues today. And that is when, when people say defund the police or reform the police, that is what they're talking about. They're not saying we need to get rid of all law enforcement. We shouldn't enforce laws anymore. We should let somebody who murdered somebody out of jail. They're not saying that. They're saying the whole institution is flawed from the beginning. We need to abolish the current incarnation of this institution and start with something new. That is what they're saying. And that is what we need to do. We should, and they're, they're just normal citizens. They're, they are us. We are them. Why do we treat them as separate? That allows them, this othering allows them to continue to kill black and brown people at a, a disproportionate rate. But it's something, as Paul said, we all need to care about because if we're complicit with it, if white people do not call it out, I mean, it's, it's again, it's one of those things that like poor rural white Americans voting Republican objectively hurts them. This is also objectively hurting white people too, where poor white people are the collateral damage of the white supremacist institutions in this country, one of them being the police. Like, why do we also not care about this issue? Mm-hmm. To your point, Andrew, where you said, you know, it's, we are them and they are us, I think is really interesting. Because, like, if I were a police officer or some of us have police officer family members or friends or whatever, people that we know who are police officers, they take off their um, uniform when they're no longer working. A Black person can't take off their skin. Not that they should want to or should, but they're a Black person. Like, their life, that's why it's called Black Lives Matter. Like, that is just, that is just a fact. Like, a police officer... First off, they aren't blue. So this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Period. It's, it's, like, not, it's like, not even an equivalent it's reaction. Smurf lives yeah. matter. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird and it's stupid and it's so 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 not smart. It's not even you know what I mean. Like it's not. It's so stupid. And um, anyway, they, they chose that. Not saying that there's any. We're not like coming at them for choosing their. They chose. And they to can be choose it, to not. So be it's it. like mm-hmm. it just doesn't equate. There was. There was there was totally another way of going about this. Like there's a, there's another conversation to be had being like, Oh my, I'm married to a police right. officer. And I'm really concerned for their well being right now. I think it's a, a dramatic thing, but I get it. Like I get there is tensions. And like, if your your husband or wife or brother or sister or whoever is a police officer and they're a good police officer, because there are some, and I don't want the liberals to yell at me for saying that, but um, I, I get why you'd be scared for them. However, 
It doesn't equate. It's rude. Whoever came up with Blue Lives Matter did it in rea- it's the same way as All Lives Matter. It's reactionary and it's meant to be exactly what it is. It's meant to be racist. It's meant to be like, actually, these police officers are putting their lives in the line for everybody every day. So they matter more. No, this is not, this is not it's not, it's just not equi- um, equal. It's not equal at all. Agreed. About 12. Just kidding. <laughs> well, um, Andrew, you have the final packet up of the episode. Are we ending how we started? Yes. <laughs> so we started out on Monday by talking about um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, my favorite QAnon supporter in the government. And that is my packet up. She just needs to shut the fuck up and go away, get out of our government. Um, her and her America first white nationalist, white supremacist caucus needs to just shut the fuck up, get the fuck out of the government. They have no place in the government. After all that we just talked about, it feels like trite to talk about her again. But at the same time, I feel that as much as these other issues are existential threats in this country, that the alt-right, neo-fascism, white supremacy, and the QAnon iterations of it are also existential threats to our whole system, our country, our democracy, really. Pack it up, Marjorie. Pack it up. Get the fuck out. I mean, there's not much else we can say about it. I mean, it's just it's just a continuation of, of white supremacy, and she's kind of a silly figure, and QAnon is silly, and it's and that is why it's been able to get to this point where we we have two people in government that are known QAnon supporters, and the president, the former president of the United States, was cool with QAnon and you know gave his little winking endorsement of them is is because it starts out so silly. And it's easy to dismiss, but it sits there and it festers and festers and festers because everyone's like, oh, this isn't a real threat because this is kind of funny or it's kind of stupid and whatever. Um, and then it gets to this point and we need to stop it now before we get to another level where it's somebody beyond Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert who are more serious individuals. Right. And it's just like with her, she's another one that is just yep. like every mm-hmm. week there is something. Like she just needs to go. It's just like, it's, and it's so, I, I'm actually really interested to know how much in contact she is with Donald Trump still. I don't know. I, I don't know his level of caring anymore about anything, but I do wonder if there is some constant contact as she is like one of the few that kind of is trying to um, keep his legacy alive. Um, but obviously I understand what he, if he has yeah. any input to what she says. I mean, obviously, he does. He impacts everything that she's doing. But if it, like, if it's a constant, hundred percent. Yeah. What is she? What is she bringing to the table? What is she doing in the government that's worthwhile? Um, you know, I know there was a couple of weeks ago there was some articles written about how um, AOC hasn't been able to get a lot of her legislation um, written into law. Oh yeah, um, and she's I, the least effective, yeah, least she, effective congresswoman. The yeah. least effective congresswoman, and you know, I, I think a lot of the legislation she's put out there has been fought so hard, hard against because of who she is, but also what those policies are. They're there's something that to this country are you know they're more radical. I mean, I don't feel like they're that radical, but you know, the fact that our who you would consider a liberal in this country is is pretty far to the right of what a liberal is in other countries. Um, that's why her policies seem so 
radical and that's yeah, she, why she also she also impacts every policy so for people to say oh, yeah. that she's ineffective like her voice matters like like she I know like the way that she shapes policies although they may not be the exact final version of the one that she pushed forward it's so it that that conversation just really frustrates it's, me it's so silly and when ted cruz fucked off to cancun and she was able to raise $5 million in only a couple days for Texas when Texas was going through its crisis. So why isn't anyone talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert? What are they doing other than just being reactionary trolls in the government? Yeah. Hanging up shit about, you know, there are only two gender signs, you know? Yeah. Like it's like, fuck off, you know? Yeah. Pack it up. Tired of them. Tired of them. Don't Don't need them. And the Republican party needs some fucking balls and lady balls, you know, to get these people out of Congress because I'm tired. Like, like they're not representative of most of the Republicans that I know either, you know, uh, sadly, I think it might be in the future, but right now they're not. And so if the Republican party, Mitch McConnell doesn't take action to, you know, expel these people from Congress, then it'll only get worse, but he'll be dead. So he already is. So that was our pack it up episode of the week. I hope that you all enjoyed it. Erica, Kirk, and Andrew, thank you so much for joining me, as always. If you like this episode, uh, if you feel so inclined, please like, rate, subscribe, comment, review. Uh, We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pandora, Spotify, all that good stuff. So um, please share an episode with a friend if you feel like it would resonate. And if you're conservative and you made it this far in the episode, come on. We want to talk to you. You know, we want to hear from you. You know, we want to hear why we're wrong. Um, We want to have an argument with facts and data to support it. So put that challenge out there, too. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.